The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone. Welcome to episode 144 as Omar makes a, as Omar makes a face. 144 of the All Dolphins podcast are the second half of our double header. On this Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. I think we've done a double header twice this week. Yeah. We have, or did we didn't we do a triple header at one point? We did a triple header last week, but yeah, that you're... they didn't all run on the same day. So don't don't bring that up. We we gotta let people think it's fresh. No, okay. It's fresh, it's so fresh, exciting and new. Okay, sorry, cool in the gang song. So uh theme, outcast song. Oh, see, the mine was cool in the gang. So anyway, uh, earlier today, we recapped the Hard Knocks episode two. Today, we're going to talk about the injury report and everything else that happened today. Before we do that, however, number 44, we will go with a running back who only played one season with the Dolphins. But however, it's noteworthy for a couple of reasons. Bobby Humphrey from um, Alabama. You may know him as the father of Marlon Humphrey, the cornerback for the Baltimore Ravens, who was acquired from the Denver Broncos in a swap of first-round picks, even though Bobby Humphrey was a supplemental draft first-round pick. Dolphins sending Sammy Smith, their running back from Florida State, yep, who, had, who kind of had a rough go of it with the Dolphins, to Denver. The Dolphins got Bobby Humphrey. Didn't Bobby Humphrey have a rough go of it with the Dolphins as well? He did. He did. There were some issues, some off-the-field issues. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't just gloss I know, over I know. I know. This is the um, All Dolphins podcast. That was a big trade for the organization. And I believe substance abuse was involved. Uh, I believe that's, yes, that's what it was. That That's what led to his tenure after only one year with the Dolphins, only 1992, which, by the way, last time the Dolphins went to the AFC championship game. This is important and a very important lesson because I remember former Dolphins executives who are now – GMs or former GMs or player personnel directors in the league, they always told me that you can't bring everybody and every player and every prospect to Miami. And that was back in the heyday where cocaine was just wild and everywhere in South Florida. Um, yeah, I'm correct, right, Papar? Because you lived through that experience, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's me. You, oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah, no, but um, – Everybody is not meant for Miami. They're no. generally, even though I'm still struggling to find good places to hang out in Wynwood, Wynwood has changed and evolved and it's kind of deadish or changing now and it's kind of whack. Um, Already? Still, Already? Oh, yeah. They corporatized Already? Wynwood to the point where 
it's not even recognizable anymore. I mean, you used to be able to walk into the Winwood walls and just walk and not pay anything. Now there's a $20 cover. Um, there's high rises everywhere. There's, there's, there's not mom and pop restaurants and bars. There's big South beach club. They changed Winwood into basic South beach. But outside of that, the point is I've always been told that not everybody is meant to play for the Dolphins because not everybody can handle the environment of South Florida from the women, which is the number one most dangerous thing in the world, um, to the drugs, to the partying, to the gambling. I remember there was one linebacker, and I won't mention his name, that I thought had all the talent in the world, an inside linebacker who was probably one of the best raw, talented athletes that I ever saw, made the squad as an undrafted player. And ultimately, he was cut mid-season. And the reason he was cut, I was told, was because he had incurred such a high gambling debt at the Mikasuki Casino that literally his paychecks were going to pay, pay off his gambling debt. And they were just like, he can't be in this environment anymore. So... Welcome to South Florida. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who you're talking about. You'll have to tell me off the off the air, off the air. Quarter. Yeah, the talented player too, and he never really did anything else in the NFL. But then again, we know talent does not necessarily equate to NFL productivity. I put it this way, and I learned this from Brian Hartline: talent plus intelligence equate and plus hard work and deter dedication. Correct. equates to superstarness. Everybody has talent in the NFL. Not everybody has the intellect, and certainly not everybody has the work ethic. That is true. Very true, my friend. Uh, okay, now we're going to segue that into the injury situation here. On this I'm curious to see if anybody in the comment section can guess what player it was. But the part where you kind of throw it off is you're talking about how how talented he was, and you, then then you throw in he was an undrafted free agent. Yeah. How talented was he if he was an undrafted free agent? He was an undrafted free agent because he had all kinds of problems, and I'm not talking about Chris McCain. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, same category ish kind of situation. There are so many talented players that don't make it not because of talent. Is no, correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay, moving on to the end of first injury report of the week for the and it's game. a long one. Yeah, and it includes four guys who pulled a DNP on Wednesday, and they're kind of four big names. Not a big deal. Oh, like, I said, like I said, there are no big there are no big names at all. Okay, there was a big deal. I said there are four big names who pulled a DNP. We don't yeah. know if it's a big deal yet. It's too early. Too early, exactly. Wednesday, the DMPs on Wednesday are not a big deal. The DMPs on Thursday now? <laughs> the DNPs on Wednesday indicate situation to keep an eye on. The DNPs on Thursdays after Wednesday goes, uh-oh, and the DNPs the whole week is like, oh, yeah, not good. So uh, do you have the list in front of you? Do I have Daniel played a guy who didn't practice all week this season? You would know this. I would hold it. I would. You know why I would? Because I have the list here the entire year of injury reports. So go ahead You're and talk. Look, yeah. Okay. Well, let, let me run down this while you look through that. There you go. Um, you're fading away, Alan Poupard. You, you've just what? disappeared. You just, there, there you go. Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tyreek Hill practice with an ankle. 
We all saw that he suffered an ankle injury yesterday. Um, I mean, in Friday's game, Javon Holland. What is with that sound? Javon Holland. I'm going to my cats. Cat person here. For those for those in the comments on, after the uh, Hard Knocks Live recap episode, yes, cat person here. Cat cat anon. I'll I'll sick I'll sick them on, on you, Omar. Go ahead. Whatever you can keep your cats. Um, Javon Holland is on the injury report with knees, plural, not knee, knees. That's, um, from, that's very from interesting. Carrying, from carrying the 98-inch TV he got for his pick six. And if you want to read more about that, you can see it on alldolphins.com. Um, a 98-inch TV, that's a huge TV. Um, I don't even know if most people have living rooms for 98-inch TVs, but I'm, I'm sure there are people in Sorry. I'm sure there are people in the comments section who have no idea what a, 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 a whether or not their home can handle a 98-inch TV. Um, Kendall Lamb was on the injury report, did not practice with a back issue. And Raheem Mostert um, with knee and ankle did not practice. I don't think Mostert is a surprise. We knew Tyreek got hurt. Uh, this is his second time not practicing this week. There's a story up on alldolphins.com about that um, and Tyreek's pursuit of 2,000 yards. Um, the, the guys who surprisingly did practice because we they weren't out there when I was out there with the media. Um, Teron Armstead, who showed up at practice apparently and practiced despite the knee and quadriceps injury. Um, and there was another guy who Durham, Durham Smythe. Durham Smythe showed up with an ankle injury where we didn't see him in the media contingent now. And also, very important, there's a number of guys who did not practice, Bradley, I mean, who did practice on a limited basis. Bradley Chubb with the knee, Blake Ferguson ankle, Robert Hunt hamstring. We all know Robert Hunt's hurt. Foot and ankle for Alec Ingold. The ankle is new. Um, Robert Jones knee. That's old. Connor Williams limited with an illness. That's new. Um, and Tua was full with his right arm laceration, which he had surgically repair. I mean, stitches, stitches to repair. <laughs> surgery, surgery. Ah! Oh, actually, I, I've had surgery on. I've had plastic surgery. Yes, it is surgery. Stitches are surgery, sir. Just so you know. Uh, well, okay, technically, but come on. Really? No, it's a big procedure. I paid big, big money to have this gash in my forehead closed. Um, so yeah, it's it's still surgery, sir. You still got to go under knife anesthesia, all that kind of good stuff. But anyway. Um, the biggest for thing gash on, his, for gash on his arm. You think he actually went? No, under? no, no, no. He said it was it was a good amount of stitches, but that was that was not surgically related. They probably just shot him shot him up a little bit, okay, um, or put some numbing cream there. He's too is a tough guy. Um, important to mention, Chris Brooks opened up his window to return from IR. Um, that's Pupard's big physical bruising rookie running back who hopefully can get help the Dolphins get some short yardage gains. Um, now, because of that decision, and I think it was the right decision, the Dolphins only have one IR to return spot available. Now, they've only got six games left. So, I mean. And here's the other thing, too, is if if they get, if somebody sustains an injury in the next two game or two games, they don't have to go on IR. You can keep them on the 53 until they get, get healthy. And then you play basically with a 52 player roster. You're sitting five or six guys every game anyway. So, so I, I don't think I don't think it's a it's a it's as big of an issue as a lot of times it's made out to be. Like 
You I just want sure Chris Brooks back. No, but I, I have read like so often, like in the past three weeks, oh my God, Dolphins only have two spots set. Dolphins only have two spots left. It's like, again, there, there are ways around that. It's, I don't think it's, I think it was overblown. And yes, I, I do like me some Chris Brooks. I like the kid. There's something there. Is he going to make a big difference in short yardage situations? Dude, it's not like he was using that in that role before he got hurt, if we're going to be honest about it. I mean, does it mean, listen, the way Mike McDaniel addressed my question today about the short yardage situation, which I will write about later on alldolphins.com, which you can find all your coverage for Dolphins information for free right there at alldolphins.com, as you see. Um, Mike gave himself 50 lashings and basically acknowledged that you didn't you didn't take that from today. He basically spent three minutes saying nothing. Like with the play call, if the play call doesn't work, it's on me. No, no. He didn't answer. No, that's not true. Go ahead. He chastised himself. He said, basically, if we're in the bottom of the league for basically two straight seasons in in this clearly I'm not doing something right and it's something that we need to address and we will address. And that's part of the practice. We are working on it. He also said flat out, I don't know the exact wording that he used. I tweeted it, but I need to commit more to, to the runs, to the runners helping us out on those, on those downs and those situations. And I think it's, it's, it's scheme play selection. You have a fullback. You're one of the few teams with a fullback. I'm sure he'd love to try one of those fourth and short attempts. Um, but then I also think there are other variables that come into it, including the offensive line. So do I feel good about running running a third and one and a fourth and one with Robert Hunt out the game? Nah, not really. Mm. Um, here's the thing, and I, I don't recall seeing it this year, and I do recall seeing it last year, unless my memory fails me, and that happens at my age. Um, it's called dementia. It's called being old, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I recall last year a lot of plays on third and one. Not not a lot because they 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 passed more often than they should have, in my in my humble opinion. But plays with Alec Ingle leading the way on third and one or fourth and one, or Durham Smythe being involved in the backfield as well. Why have we not seen any of the, of this? No, they don't have the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. Only the Philadelphia Eagles have the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. Now that's that's some deep football knowledge right there. Um, but my point is is I think there there are other mediocre no other teams with offensive lines not better than the Dolphins who maybe don't diss the running game as much as the Dolphins do on third and short and fourth and short. Okay, and they do badly. That's fair. That's fair. What, what what stuns me about this whole situation, and, and I'm sure we've addressed this a number of times, and I even asked players about it this week, um, is your notion, I'm going to put it on you because it's you, um, that they are a finesse team. Even though they average like 5.3 yards per carry, one of the highest yards per carry in NFL history. All on the outside, or most of it. Go ahead, continue your point. I have... You didn't even give me you didn't even give me the the player who's practiced who's played without practicing all season. There, there hasn't all been season. one. Sorry, I meant to tell yeah, you that. I didn't think there had been one, but I expected you to correct me if I said there was. I would, um, would I do that? Would I correct you publicly like that? Yeah, I would actually. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um 
and I hate I hate the fact that you say that, and and I I acknowledge it, 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 it and sort of conceded to you about <laughs> them being a finesse team earlier on the podcast, maybe episode one thirty three or something like that, begrudgingly, because I was like, you know what? I know they can't run it when they need to run, but they run the four minute offense beautifully and can finish off drives and finish off games. And they, they've done that on more than one occasion. Their four-minute offense, and for those who don't know, four-minute offense is basically an offense that is going to run and eat up the clock. And Dolphins do that all the time. They did that They did that against the Raiders. They did that against the – no, they didn't do it against the Raiders. They didn't yeah. do it. They did, no, they, no, they did it against the Patriots, I want to say. They did it against the Patriots. They did it against the Jets. They did it against the Panthers. They did it earlier in the season. I can't remember who. They did sure, it against them. Um, they, they're good in the four-minute offense. So you're basically not getting them off the field. They're going to gain yardage and convert third downs. So it's not all exclusively run. So, But when, my point is, when you are a good four-minute offensive team, you should be a good running team. You should, because teams know you're trying to run. So they're they're locking down to stop your run, but somehow this team just isn't. I I threw the numbers at McDaniel, and then he was like, "Oh, give me more." Like like, oh, don't stop with the you know, don't don't stop with my shame of third and ones or third and two struggles. Give me the fourth down struggles too. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah. And, and that's why I say he took the 50 lashings quite well and acknowledged that, like, yeah. I mean, if we're going to say what is holding back this team, turnovers. And their short yardage conversion issues. That's about it. What else you got? Well, I would rephrase it to say is what could hold back this team. Right, they're eight and three, so not a not a ton has been has been. Oh, holding but back. I think they would be better than eight and three if they actually didn't have turnovers and could convert in short yardage situations. Like I believe part of the reason that the Philadelphia Eagles just won that game was because. They converted what four fourth and one with the tush pushes, yeah. extending drives, owning time of possession, and then two through that turnover with the game in the balance. Like you know that that's me, and turnovers killed them against Chiefs. I would say the only team that really well, beat the, them Tyree, was the Tyree turnover, yeah, the Tyree turnover. The, yeah. But that, I look at the the three games they lost to me. The, the KC games won that they easily, if not, should have won. 
I don't know. I wouldn't say that about Buffalo. Certainly wouldn't say that about Buffalo. And Buffalo just whooped them. The Philly game, there were a couple of issues. Um, and if you want to talk about turnovers, they got the pick six against Philly. I think in terms of yardage, it was pretty slanted. Now the officiating completely sucked towards the Eagles. We don't necessarily want to put a whole lot on, on the officiating. I think that one, I think you could say maybe the Eagles deserved it. I think Casey's a game the Dolphins easily should have won, maybe should have won. And that to me wasn't so much about anything other than they didn't close it out. They had two drives that got into Casey territory down seven in the fourth quarter, and they couldn't finish either one of them. Um, so, but to your point, yeah, I do think at some point they would make life easier on themselves when when the big boys arrive, which is Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo, converting those third and ones and fourth and ones. Is that what we're calling it, the big boys, when the big boys arrive? Well, certainly not Washington, Tennessee, and the Jets, if we're going to be honest about it. I and didn't even, even know Tennessee was a Monday night game. Because mm-hmm. you, you know I'm, I'm locked in and I'm on, the, I'm on that week. I was like, I just found out today it was a Monday night game. And by the way, and did you also know that this week's the first year that they have Monday Night Flex? And today was the deadline for that game. If it was going to be flex, today was a deadline. They didn't flex anything. They didn't flex it. And it's one of two Monday Night games that that night. The other one is Green Bay and the Giants. Yeah, but that one's not going to be flex. That one's not going to be flex because it's New York and the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. Green Bay and the Giants. Who was who that? Anyway. Um, I was 70 million people from New York and the Packers fans. Wow. Um, and, and they're at the same time, by the way. And literally I, I at the same time. They didn't oh. stagger. It's not one of those staggers. They're both at 8:15. So I'm going to be curious. So it's coming on ABC, and then ESPN's carrying the other one. Correct. Dolphins, Tennessee on ESPN, Green Bay Giants on ABC. And I'm going to be very curious after the fact to see which game gets better ratings. Uh, I don't even think it's close. Um, oh, dude! Again, half the world's from New York, and then and then the Packers have the tradition. Tennessee's not going to draw numbers. The Dolphins are going to draw numbers, not Tennessee. Okay, you're you're, you're right. Um, and I I believe there's there, there's a possibility that they will flex the Raiders game, from what I've heard. What Raiders game? Uh, sorry, the flex Ravens game, not Raiders. Oh, funny you should ask. Would you like me to get into that? I I, I I've written about this a couple of times actually. I would like you to get into it. This this is the New Year's Eve game. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, it's Green Bay at Minnesota. Again, you got the Green Bay factor. Minnesota is not a national draw. They are in playoff contention, so maybe they leave it alone. But CBS, which can only protect one game per the new rules, has Cincinnati KC which currently is their fourth, their doubleheader game or Miami at Baltimore. Um, mm. So now earlier on, I would have told you like the Green Bay, Minnesota is like to me, if Minnesota stays in contention with the Green Bay pull, especially if they're also in playoff contention, they may just leave it alone. Okay. Um, but Dolphins Ravens is as a juicy matchup. And it could be that CBS will, will go, Let's 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 put that one at 425 instead of since he KC, which is no longer, but it's no longer a great matchup, except you have the Patrick Mahomes factor. The Chiefs are a big national TV draw. Yeah, okay. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. see. Okay, sorry. uh, (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Let's get into the Washington Commanders game. Um, I am 
of the opinion that Miami could be in trouble with guarding their offensive tackle situation um, on Sunday. Here's the reason I say so. Um, Kendall Lamb obviously probably needs rest. We don't know if he's the type of performer who can go out there and play um, injured and also play without practicing much for the week. And then we get to Teron Armstead, who, based on my eyes and my obsession with offensive linemen and everybody in the world who knows me knows I am obsessed with trench play, um, that wasn't Teron Armstead. And if you give me a repeat of that, then I'm shutting you down for probably not one, but two weeks. I'm shutting you down till December 24th, because if you're going to have a chance to be the team that you have the potential to be, uh, you need a healthy Teron Armstead. Um, the stakes get raised, the players get better, and you can't have a 40, a 40 to 70% Teron Armstead out there. So if it were me, I mean, we're going to closely watch this on Thursday. I know he practiced today, um, which is unique kind of for Teron. I don't know if I would have him practice tomorrow, but we will continue to monitor it. You're disappearing on me. Um, oh, yeah, I'm looking. It was limited all of last week. Limited. So he practiced every day last week? Yeah, but then you remember last week was a short week, so there was a lot of estimation. I took off my glasses, so I'm completely blind, so I have to look. The follow- no, the following week as well, he was limited the whole week. Okay. Seems to be the pattern with him. Hmm. But my, my thing is, again, if this was pre-trade deadline, Washington Commanders with Chase Young and Montez Sweat, I'd be, I'd be, no pun intended, I'd be sweating it a lot more than I am right now. Um, pun intended. Exactly. Washington has two really good defensive tackles. We've said that before. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. I, I'm not, I'm not sweating. Again, here I go again. I'm not really that concerned about their new guys. Um, it would be interesting, though, if both Lamb and Armstead can't go, then you're looking at what, Keon Smith, and then who plays right tackle? Uh, uh, right tackle would be Austin Jackson. Oh, duh. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I forgot about him because he got tossed the last game. And yeah. by the way, for, for those ask, who asked in the mailbag, I have no clue why he got tossed. Uh, looked at the replay. He got involved in a scuffle with Michael Clemens. Did I see hands thrown? Maybe. Wasn't clear cut. I have no idea why they threw him out. Uh, Robert Hunt, I expect to be back this week, um, more than likely in the starting lineup. So that's going to be refreshing. Um, Robert Hunt has been sidelined for, I believe it's a month. Um, by the time they play Washington Commanders. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be good, a step in the right direction. Um, and, and then I'm also going to say this. The Eichenberg Express ride at right guard has been very safe and solid. Very good. And we might, we it's might, a nice ride now. It, it's a smooth ride, and we might actually see him probably fill that position next offseason if they can't afford Robert Hunt. Oh, okay. I mean, they got a lot, they got a lot of big players to sign. And if I'm Robert Hunt, I'm signing for the highest bidder. There is no hometown discount. Um, and I would love to remain in Miami, but I'm 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 Rob Rob's never had made real paper and he and he's a man who deserves some real paper. Is there anybody who's gonna give the Dolphins a hometown discount? 
There are players who give Dolphins hometown discounts all the go time. Ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, I, I, I'm, not, I'm talking about right. I'm talking about next offseason. On, on this list, yes. The, the mathematicians who actually know how to compute the Florida taxes and everybody else's taxes, you know, and unfortunately the Dolphins use that in the negotiations. Well, against, they should. Uh, yeah, against, against everybody else. But, you know, dollar for dollar, it is what it is. And you see how ruthless NFL teams are with their contracts. Uh, you know, when it comes to free agency, I'm be as, I'm gonna, I want the players to be as just as ruthless as they are. So I want the players to maximize every single dollar that they could possibly get, and that includes Christian Wilkins, who rightfully proved that he's deserving of a top five defensive tackle contract, which I did not necessarily agree with, and he shut me up. I'm not going to speak for you. I'll let you speak for yourself. No, and what I would tell you about Christian, uh, well, to me, it was always show me you can be more of a factor uh, as a pass rusher and you you should get your money. And he, dude's been outrageous. Uh, so hat tip to him. And right now, everything is great. The Dolphins are kicking butt and and saw that. And, you know, right at, right at the end of the season, the, the, the kumbaya feeling is going to be there. Like, oh, well, let's run it back. Let's try to get as many of our guys as possible. This is going to be Christian's MO. Hold on, hold on. It's going to be Christian's MO until he takes a little break and goes, oh, yeah, I remember in the offseason when they wouldn't no. want to give me what I was asking mm-hmm. for. Christian's petty. Christian's, Christian's not going to forget. Isn't what I just said? Okay. That's what yeah, I just I mean, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, saying, you're saying that they're going to like, oh, let's run it back, let's run it back. No, I think Christian is looking at it like I'm going to be paying for the highest bidder. What I said, what immediately after the season, the immediate feeling for Christian might be, wow, this was a fun season. You don't think for even for, for a second he's going to – Not like, even a half second. Wow. Damn. Not, See, not, not, even, not even a half second. Did you remember that press conference he came out and he – after Chris Greer basically said, yeah, we're not, we're not going to do the contract. And he's just showed up abruptly at a press conference was just like, yeah, I'm not talking any more contracts. And I'm playing the season. I'm back at practice, and we'll revisit this. Okay, correct. But my point is, the kumbaya feeling wouldn't be towards the organization; it would be towards his teammates. That's the point there, where where I do I do think for a little bit it'd be like, oh, I love those guys. I love Zach Sealer. I know I love all those guys. I love Tua. I love Tyreek. I love playing with them. And then five seconds later, it'll be like, oh yeah, they wouldn't didn't want to give me my money in in August. Yeah, let's go. Come on, show me the money. And, and truthfully speaking, he's probably getting the franchise tag anyway. So, it, and and we'll 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 play this song and dance and drag it out much further. Yes, um, we will. how did we get to Christian Wilkins anyway? What's the original point of our of this of this guy? Oh, Robert Hunt, Liam Eikenberg. Uh, is there any way? I'm going to ask you this, since we, I'm going to dub you the offensive line expert. Mm-hmm. If Robert Hunt indeed comes back, do you think the Dolphins actually might think about starting Liam at left guard? Where I because I think from my quick viewing, I'm not sure that Eichenberg hasn't been as good, if not better, than Lester Cotton on the other side. Okay, that's fair. That's absolutely, absolutely no question. I think he's outperformed Lester Cotton on the other side at right guard, but I think right guard is the spot where he feels the most comfortable, and I'm not interested in moving him around like. I hate sitting here talking about Liam because he there's no reason to talk about him right now because he is not an issue. The Eichenberg Express has not bright lined it. They have they've gotten to their destination. No cars have crashed into it. Like it's safe. But 
he's been unstable and uncomfortable at so many spots. He's finally comfortable and finally playing well. Why yes. mess with it? Yeah. Yep. Why, 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 why would he even mess with it? Um, so, uh, be honest, at this point, I, I'd, more, I'd probably play Robert Hunt at left guard before I play Liam Eikenberg at left guard. Just, just transparency, because I already know, like, Rob can figure it out. I don't really have a trust and faith that Liam can figure it out. This is might be the best stretch of games he's played in his career right now at right guard. Yeah, he's been very solid. And and I do think we should talk about him because he, he, he's he been dumped on enough that where when he's playing well, you know, give, give the guy his due. Absolutely. Put, as somebody you know might say, put some respect on his name. <laughs> yes. And we are putting respect on his name right now. So congratulations to you, Liam. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm proud of you the way that you're playing at right guard. And, and in fact, I, after the Buffalo game, I was proud of the way you were playing at center. You, you look like a pseudo NFL starter right now. After which game? Buffalo. Two sacks. Teron Hurt. Remember that game? Yeah, that's the one he didn't play well. Oh, you yeah, no, I said after the Buffalo. Got it, got it, got it. Should mention here um, – Surprised me a lot, but uh, Javon, going back to Javon Holland, was not named the AFC Defensive Player of the Week uh, after his pick six. Who got it? Josh Allen, the defensive end from the <sighs> or pass rusher from the Jacksonville Jaguars, not Josh Allen, the quarterback, uh, had two and a half sacks in that big game in the AFC South against the Houston Texans, and he he was the, the glimpses of that game that I saw. He was a complete bear the, the entire game, but. I'm surprised because a lot of times just one big play because of the magnitude of what Holland did would have been enough to get it for him. Yeah, but it was a blowout win. So, but is it a blowout win if he doesn't get the pick six? I don't know. They could they do anything on offense at all? No, but if you're a believer in Uncle Mo, yeah, it's a a 10 6 game at halftime if if he doesn't get do that and and the Jets. Again, if you believe in Uncle Mo, have the momentum because they just got a pick six in the final minute of the of the half. So, mm-hmm. who knows? Um, I didn't. Men- we mentioned I have a story on AllDolphins.com about Javon Holland and his consolation prize for <laughs> after not getting AFC Player of the Week. Uh, it deals with the big ass TVs, as I, we discussed earlier. And yeah. we got. I think we have seven or eight stories on the site again today. Just kind of. Par for the course this time of year. It's a stretch run, not only for the Dolphins, but for Omar and I. Yes. And you can find all of that coverage at alldolphins.com. We will be back tomorrow to discuss the first impressions of Jason Pierpaul, who practiced today, but I'll save that for tomorrow. Um, Story will be up on alldolphins.com. And Tua and his admission that he does stress a little bit when it comes to the turnovers um and and knowing that he's got to get past that it's a it's a big issue here big issue here in south florida um two in his turnovers and how much he beats himself up over them we'll discuss that later on alldolphins.com and on the podcast we will see you tomorrow thursday where we'll wrap up tell you who returned to practice and the possible impacts on that game and then friday you know how we do it And Saturday, we'll be doing a live episode where you can get your questions in. But you know where to find us, alldolphins.com, 
ask you to like, subscribe, share with a friend, rate us on the audio version platform so we can get our five-star rating. Hopefully, I don't want to influence you, but five stars would be nice. Five. So, yeah. Your fingers disappear, so it looked like... I know. It doesn't work, does it? Okay. Yeah. All righty. Omar said, and and thanks, everyone, for watching. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.